Diamond Answer Man Show, episode 27, Five Ways to the Perfect Ring. Well, hello, everyone. My name is Jay Christopher Gertz. This is the Diamond Answer Man Show, where our goal is to help each other learn more about the world of diamonds and feel confident about those purchases. That's right, those purchases which help us memorialize our special moments. You may reach me at diamondanswerman.com on that right-hand side of that website. You'll see the little app that I have there called the SpeakPipe. You can send me an email message right through. If you've got a, an iPhone or an Android phone or a laptop computer which has got a speaker attached to it, you can go ahead and use that app. You may also call me at 803-792-1326. And uh, we'll look forward to how we can help each other learn more about the world of diamonds and together feel confident about those purchases. Well, how's everybody doing? This week is a, is a wonderful week here. I've got a planned out show where I really want to be able to help you. It's been a, a topic I've been working on a little bit here and there, mainly because I work with guys. That's a lot of, a lot of questions I get. So if you're a guy out there and, and you seem lost in that uh, purchase, you know, don't fret. You're not alone. We're all in that same boat. I just want to make it clear. As as confident as I may be, it's unfair, right? Yeah, I, I, I've lived and worked in this industry for a very, very long time. And uh, so I may speak about those kinds of things, you know, jewelry and diamonds and and all the things that go into making rings and whatever thing that you might think that would be jewelry-related. Yes, I have an answer for you. May not always be the one you want to hear, of course, but uh, I, I do have some ways that I can help you. And uh, But that being said, I am no different than, than you are. You know, when it comes to buying something for your significant other, sometimes that can be the hardest thing, right? The hardest thing that, uh, that you do, because you want to make sure it's absolutely perfect each and every time. I mean, don't you? I mean, you you want to make that gift the most memorable you possibly can. And uh you know when when we're thinking about those gifts and uh you know we 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 stress out over them because we really almost always I think want to overdo it. And uh you know, that can pose problems on its own, right? I mean, we can we can really think about something so much and overanalyze something so much that we miss the mark completely, right? Maybe we don't get the gift of any sort of any kind because we're we're, we're so fretting about the the gift itself, what it represents. And um, you know, we 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 bury ourselves in in all those fine details. Or, or the the what ifs situations and scenarios that um, you know that it, it sort of defeats the purpose of really memorializing that special moment. You know, it really it really shoots it down. And I and you know I make those mistakes. I make those mistakes. I've made those mistakes in my life, my marriage, and and uh, those kinds of things. You know, to where you really are concerned about something too much. So, you know, taking that and, and learning from that myself that, um, you know, when you, when you are planning something out, 
you want to simplify it as much as possible and then learn to train yourself not to become too distressed over certain things. So if, if we're going to talk about this, we want to simplify the process of buying that engagement ring to make it something that is more pleasurable for you while you're going through it. Of course, I would encourage you to download and listen to, you know, if you search on the website, the BPS, Beauty, Purity, Size podcast that I've had in the past, which talk about prioritization of your four C's into three simple categories. And so, you know, that's part of it. But, but I mean, what are the ways that you can just organize yourself? You know, I've talked about how to financially plan it out, you know, six months to a year in advance to, to plan out the costs. But what if, what if you don't have that much time? What if, you, what if you're engaged and you've only been engaged six months or a year, right? You know, I, I, I could tell you that you should have been planning in advance, but who does that? I mean, not, not anybody reasonable. Um, <laughs> there, I'm sure there are people who do. And um, I don't know anybody personally, and I think it's kind of crazy, but, you know, I, I know there are people who plan that far in advance, and, and we think, wow, they're so incredible, but it is kind of weird, I guess. Um, so, you know, if I were to give you top five ways to select your perfect ring and you know, to, to make it to where it is something that you enjoy, right? You enjoy as much as doing it and to give the recipient the pleasure um, uh, of receiving it, right? Let me just tell you this. Before we even get started, I know the best way to provide this ring is for you, the groom, to do this all yourself, that's right. I stopped for a second. I paused. But I believe that the job of getting the engagement ring is solely, right? Put it right on your shoulders. Your your gift, your uh, uh, the the item you're going to give her is is your romantic gift that uh, that memorializes the special moment. It, it it is not, you know, I'll give you a quote a little bit later, but it is not a measure of your uh, your your uh, feelings for her, but it is representative, right? So it doesn't really matter whether it's a a gold band or whether it's a ten carat diamond. The fact is, is that you did it, and you put your heart into it, and um, and and you gave her what you wanted to that represented what what. Uh, uh, you know, you wanted to bring, you wanted to use to memorialize uh, uh, what was to be your future together, or what is to be your future together, right? So, um, I want to make it clear that that uh, cost is going to be one of those features and, and <laughs> things that we have to deal with. So, you need to start thinking about that now. So, if we start off at at, at our first point. You want to decide early on, way, way, way into the beginning, how much you want to spend. And you heard me talk about it in several shows, if you've listened to those in the past, about how some people really push you for three months, some people push you for two months, and I said a good rule of thumb is probably one month, but that's just what I say. That doesn't mean that's a rule. You could make it whatever you wanted. If, I mean, there are people out there that could, that could, if they wanted to, spend a whole year's worth of their income on a ring, right? 
And there are those who um, it really wouldn't matter. It could be uh, out of a gumball machine, right? And, and that's the extreme. I'm going one way and then the other way. It, it is what you are giving and how much thought you put into it. Um, it's, it's from you. So it should represent you. Uh, and it shouldn't be something that... Um, that she does, that she's planning out, that she's that you're making her work on her own engagement ring. She's going to do a lot of that with her dress, and she's going to do a lot of that with the wedding. Um, the ring is yours to, your, yours to take care of. Make sure you take care of that. So the first thing you want to do is plan out your cost in advance. So whatever that number is, make sure you write that down. I mean, you can be flexible a little bit, but but make sure you start with a number. And uh, whatever that number is, it doesn't make a difference. You know, you're going to see some things you may like and may blow your number away. Now, that's your decision if you decide to go over that. But don't set your, just don't set your sights so high that you're concerned that if it doesn't cost so much, that, uh, that it, it, it won't be um, something that, that uh, represents your feelings or depth of feelings for her, right? So make sure you just set your cost in advance. The second thing I think that you should do is make sure you don't get stuck on the details. Don't spreadsheet your engagement ring to death. So don't sit there and go from website to website. And I'm not telling you not to research, so I'm going to say that first. Just don't go from jeweler to jeweler to jeweler to jeweler to website to Costco to Macy's to Nordstrom to, uh, uh, you know, name the, the local store and just, you know, develop your spreadsheet analysis based upon all of its features and characteristics and grind it all out and, and spend hours and hours and hours and hours looking at numbers. Be flexible. So don't, don't get into that trap. You know of 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 the details of of whether or not it's a VS one or VS two. I mean, you know, the difference in that is really only visible under a microscope. Yeah, it doesn't make sense for us to get torn up over those two features. It may be important to you, but is it really that big of a deal? If um if if it represents uh, a, a difference. It, I have to be honest that if I found a larger stone, maybe it was the same price as the the VS one, and the VS one were smaller. I, I'd go VS two. You know, maybe it saves a little bit of money. I'd go VS two. You know, so don't so be flexible. Sometimes, you know, when you when you have an idea in your head, it's got to be D color. You know, why does it have to be a D color? It doesn't have to be a D color. D is just the most transparent in the colorless category, D, E, and F. And G through J, J is very, very faintly light yellow, right? It's, it's super, it's near colorless. I mean, it's, it's so light in, its, in, its, uh, in, it, in, in, the, in the color of the stone that, that once they're set, it's so hard to see the differences. Now, I can see it, but I have a trained eye for it. When it's set, mounted, put in a ring, is it really that big of a difference? Maybe you could find a little larger stone, right? So maybe you could find a little bit larger stone that's a little bit different clarity or a little bit different you know, feature somewhere else, and it's a little, little less rare in color. Remember, we're going to go back to that, um, or I suggest you go back to that, the beauty, purity, size feature. So don't, don't get stuck so hardcore, whether it's... Um, 
perfectly in line in, in, in that in that colorless range or or where it falls, whether it's an H or an I. Come on, give yourself a break. You know, if you find a find a stone, I'm, I'm going to tell you right here and now that is absolutely mind blowingly beautiful, right? So that has to do with the performance. You'll hear me talk about this, uh, and you've heard me talk about this before. My big thing is always about performance. I have seen, and I know, and you should believe that there are diamonds that are L M N O P pushing on all the way down that sparkle so much more than stones that I've seen supposedly ideally cut that are in that near colorless range. It's, it depends upon how the polisher polished the diamond. So if I were going to say there's anything that's the highest priority you should place it is the performance. And I'll tell you straight up, I have had emails and I ha- have had phone calls that sometimes it's hard when you're in a jewelry store to see that, uh, that difference in performance. However, why it's important is for the reason that you can't see it in the jewelry store. It has to do with lighting. In a jewelry store, they always have the lighting to its maximum, maximum uh, performances as would be related to making everything look absolutely fantastic. You know, so your jeweler should have performance-based tools in their store. You know, if you're, uh, if you're a, a fan of uh, martial arts or you're a fan of sports uh, or, or, for that matter, anything that's automotive-related, uh, there's ways to test people and machines and all sorts of things for how fast they can be and sometimes how fast they can be in, in, in different arenas, right? So we wouldn't take uh, a, a martial artist in, 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 uh, in Taekwondo that, that is absolutely amazing in their forms and in, in sparring, right? And then put them up against um, someone on a football line. Right, I mean that wouldn't make sense. We wouldn't take a football player and make them a ballerina, right? That doesn't make sense either. They're the best in their field, you know. So we wouldn't take a a a, a dirt track car and put it up against NASCAR, right? We wouldn't take a baseball player and and say today, even though you're the best for your average, um, I think you're going to try brain surgery. Th- those things don't make sense. However, in diamonds, diamonds, it's not even however, diamonds can do the same thing. Some diamonds perform extremely well in certain types of lighting. And in jewelry stores, they have enough of the kind of lighting that makes everything look great. And they position things in their stores to make that item look great. That it makes it difficult for you to see the differences whether or not one is what you would want, which would be the triathlete, right? The triathlete, the one that can bike, the one that can swim, <laughs> the one that can run, right? So it, it can master all of the events. So a diamond that is beautiful by performance standard will master all the different kinds of lighting environments. That's, that's not hard to do. You'll be able to find that in most jewelry stores. If you can't find that in a jewelry store then you're in the wrong store and you may need to go somewhere else. There's no reason why today's day and age with the conversation, with the reports, with the laboratories, with all the different technologies that's been going on since the 90s, 
that a jewelry store shouldn't have the right types of tools performance-wise to show you if they don't encourage them to get some by not buying from them that day. Let them know that you would be interested in seeing the performance on this stone because it lessens the importance of VS. It lessens the importance of, of, of D through J. It lessens the importance of, of how big it is because a better performing diamond will look larger no matter what. Right, so you're you should be flexible in those areas. Don't get stuck on rarity characteristics, and don't sweat it when you have the performance on two stones that are so close. The variation is like uh, such a minor difference that it's it's bothering you. Pull the trigger, make a decision, make a good decision. If it saves you a little bit of money, there's nothing wrong with that. Remember, if it's $150 more, that doesn't mean you love her $150 less if you buy this other diamond. There's nothing wrong with that. So make a decision, make it good, make an informed decision. So plan out your costs in advance. Don't get stuck on those details except for beauty, right? Make sure that beauty is your highest priority. And then three, you need to be covert. You need to plan out those things like ring size. So you need to be able to sneak around, right? You got to be covert and be eye spy and you got to you got to be able to get into her ring box, but you got to pay attention. I'll give you a quick tip here. If she's right hand dominant, her right ring finger will be larger generally, right? I don't want you to call me back and and or email me or send me a voicemail and say I'm wrong. It can happen that the that the less dominant hand is larger, you know, cuz people might injure injure a finger or something. Um, but mostly, right? So I'm going to generalize. If you're right hand dominant, then your right hand is going to be about a half size larger, sometimes as much as a size, half size larger than your ring finger on your left hand. So if she's left-handed and she's wearing a ring on her right hand, then they might be approximately about the same size. So that kind of gives you a little, little, little guiding line. Remember, it'd be better for you to buy something that's sizable and is a little bit large so when you present it to her, she can get it on her finger as opposed to the other way where you buy something that may or may not be sizable and or it's too small to put on her finger when you present it to her. So just keep that in mind. So if she wears a ring that you're aware of on her left hand, her her wedding ring finger, and you got to be able to sneak that. Now, when you sneak that out, right... You want to make sure you take it to a jeweler. It doesn't matter which jeweler you take it to. Almost any jewelry store will have a ring stick, or they call them mandrels, and they'll be able to put it on that stick and size it for you. There are some cases where mandrels aren't all sized exactly the same. I mean, we know that. Anybody in the trade who's listening, you know that. However, that difference that you're looking for is going to be minor, right? So when you get your, your final destination to buy your ring, We'll be able to adjust those things. Again, it would be better to be a little bit larger in a sizable ring. So um, make sure you, you, you're covert in that size. Um, you know, so, so make sure that, that, uh, that, that you, you sneak that size and, and she doesn't find out. I mean, that's going to kind of blow it. So remember, I think this is your job. And, and don't, be, don't be the guy who, who goes and makes it her work. You know, I, 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 it, it drives me crazy. It's a, it's not, it's not her job. It's your job. 
Um, and the other way, the other thing that you want to do is, is five is research her tastes discreetly. You know, so I know you probably hate going to the mall. You know, I'm one of those one of those guys who likes to go to the mall because I like I like to look at all the electronics and and uh, you know I, I like uh, you know believe it or not you can't tell it from my picture but I like tennis shoes you know I like Vans tennis shoes and those kinds of things but so I like to go to the mall and go to the Vans store and just peek around and uh, I don't really ever buy anything but um, you know I like those kind of skateboard stores can't tell it from from this conversation until now but uh, yeah I like that kind of stuff anyway so I like to go to the mall but if you're a guy who absolutely hates shopping you know I want you to keep that up even though you're going to have a goal this time when you go you want to be still disgruntled or begrudgingly, you know, uh, go with the with the flow uh, when you go to the mall. But you want to keep your eyes open, right? So keep the front up and keep your eyes open when you go to the mall and you take a look past those jewelry stores. Pay attention to the styles she points out. You may even have to peruse over yourself. Now, I don't think that's going to really tip your hand as much as, you know, if you're just shopping and strolling and you just take a peek at something, you know, so pay attention to those things that she's looking at. Pay attention to the styles she's looking at, you know, so, so keep those notes in your brain, write them down if you have to. So point five. So pay attention to those styles. However, still on point five, if she doesn't have a style that she likes, guys, it's okay to go classic. It's okay to have a solitaire ring, especially one when you get one that's of quality. I'm not talking about one of these cheap, you know, mall or chain store free with purchase kind of rings when you come back and buy a new ring. I'm talking about a nice, substantial, high quality solitaire ring. I mean, make sure that, that you do do something that, um, that, that is going to last you your lifetime with her, right? So don't buy a cheap junkie solitaire, buy something good. It may, may be a little bit thicker and maybe a little bit wider, um, than the, uh, free solitaires that, uh, that, uh, they give away. So your top five. So first of all, um, you want to make sure you plan at your cost. Second of all, don't get stuck on the details. Third, be covert on things like ring size, right? So then um, fourth, make sure you research her tastes discreetly, right? So when you're shopping, um, make sure you take a look at her uh, uh, her tastes as you're perusing them all. Make sure you pay attention when she's looking in the magazines. Make sure you pay attention when her friends and her are talking. Or, I don't know where that came from. Are talking. Um, so make sure you pay attention to that. And then fifth, and here's the quote. And this is a quote from My- Michael Perry. I think he uh, he's a writer for Salon.com and he's uh, written for Men's Health. You know, an engagement ring, this is his quote, an engagement ring is a romantic admiral gift it is not an indication of the depth of feelings about your fiance nor is it a measure of your character so five just remember that so your fifth point is nothing but consolation in that it's okay to feel uncomfortable but but it's not okay not to have a plan 
So it's okay that you feel nervous. It's okay that you have butterflies. It's not okay to do sometimes what I've done, which is overanalyze, over, be overly critical, overly worried about something. Don't do those kinds of things. Don't make the same kind of mistakes that I've made, right? Not necessarily in engagement rings, but in other occasions I've made them. You know, so don't make those mistakes. Now, here's a couple of other tips I'm going to add on to this. And I'm going to go ahead and make a form, sort of like my affidavit of diamond buying agreement. And remember, that's the other thing that, that I, I encourage you. So when you sign up for my website or you send me, you sign up uh, to, to the forums or you sign up um, uh, to, to contact me, you'll get the, the form, the affidavit of diamond buying agreement back for free. And that's that little form that will protect you in your purchase and give you a little bit more uh, um, uh, armor against dealing with somebody with poor personality, enthusiasm, and integrity. Make sure you buy from a jeweler that has those three things, personality, enthusiasm, and integrity. And you, and you hear it on the phone when you call it first. So make sure they always greet you. Make sure they always ask your permission to put you on hold. Make sure that they always speak to you by name. Right. Make sure they always look you in the eye. Make sure they're always smiling when they're talking to you. Make them work for your business. And then uh, make sure you use my affidavit of diamond buying form. So some things you want to pay attention to after the fact. So when you're looking at this research for her style of ring, what type of head, and, and I'll just break this down, the head is the piece in the top of the ring that holds the diamond in place. That's the setting. What, what, type, of, uh, uh, what type of a head or a setting does she prefer? Is it prongs? Is it high? Is it low? Um, is it four prongs or is it six prongs? And if it's a fancy shape, is it a V-tip or is it claw? You know, Or is she looking for a channel style? Or maybe she likes tension set. I mean, these are, these are the fine details in between. That's when you're not doing a, uh, a classic style of setting. And then, uh, you know, what color of metal does she like? Does she like white gold or platinum? And I'll, and I'll tell you right off the bat, you know, platinum, um, platinum is a hypoallergenic material. You know, so if you don't want to make a mistake, and with the differences in costs, I mean, platinum will still cost you a little bit more, but gold and platinum, how they've been over the last couple of years becoming so close in price. Um, white gold has a tendency for a small percentage of the population, depending upon what alloy they've mixed it with. Remember, yellow gold, when it comes out of the ground, is yellow. Duh, I just said that. Gold, when it comes out of the ground, is yellow. But what they do to it is they, they lower the carrot content because at 24, it's that bright orangey yellow. And to, and to bring it down, they mix other metals into it. Sometimes what one of those other metals is to really make it whiter is nickel. Sometimes nowadays they're using palladium too, and they've been using palladium for a little over 100 years. But um, for costs, they, they will use nickel. There's a percentage of our population that is allergic to white gold. So I still would suggest that if you're going to do something in an engagement ring for longevity's you know, purpose, because the ring is going to last a long time, I'd still stick with platinum. Platinum's a great choice. The costs are becoming a little bit more in line with each other right now. So stick with platinum. It has no hypoallergenic problems. So um, the only thing that, that some people will say is that white gold keeps its shine a little bit longer. Well, I'll tell you one thing that they do with white gold is they rhodium plate it, because white gold that's not nickel uh, mixed with nickel tends to have a little bit of a tint to it. So when you want it really white, what they do is they put rhodium over it. And rhodium is a really hard metal. So even though it's plated on there, so it tends to be bright. Platinum itself is, is, a, is a very much more unique metal than gold. 
It can be polished up, so it can be very bright. Um, as you wear it, though, it tends to tends to become a little bit more matte, but it stays that absolutely bright white metal. It doesn't change. Like, like silver doesn't change unless it tarnishes. So the other thing you want to pay attention to is, does she like accent stones? And if so, what kind? Are they diamond? Are they colored stones? Uh, what shape? What quantity? And then again, what type of setting for these? Channel, pave, bead, or flush? And, uh, you know, so those are different styles of, um, of settings that you can have on the side stones. And again, let's go all the way back. It's okay to buy a classic solitaire ring. Feel comfortable about that. If you can't figure it out, what she's looking for, and you're working on it, after a couple of weeks, man, just, just do the right thing and buy a classic ring. Remember, this is your engagement gift to her. It's yours, so it's going to represent what you want to do and uh, what you are, 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 are wanting to give to her as a gift. It's okay. So it's not like it's, oh, yeah, it's the last thing I had to do. I want you to feel good about it if you don't have an idea. Some, some, some ladies don't have a, a, a preference in that area. Some ladies, some ladies don't mind that it doesn't have side stones. And the cool thing about a really good high-quality solitaire is that if it's, if it's a heavy, thick enough metal, you could add some side stones to it, maybe be a little bit of a modification. And the other thing about a solitaire is if she did decide she wanted a ring, um, again, I want you to make it your work first. Um, but if she wanted to pick up a ring afterwards or a mounting afterwards, you know, when she's looking uh, at, at rings for you, I believe her gift to you should be, uh, your uh, engagement ring, maybe she sees a ring. Maybe, maybe you decide to change it out. Your expense, your cost is not that great then. So make sure you deal with the same jeweler on both times and uh, see if they offer a trade-in. Um, anyway, so don't worry. You know There was a lot of, lot of little things that I added here at the end about all the different little side stones and everything, but I'm going to go ahead and create. I may not have it attached to this post just as of yet, but I'm going to create another sheet that's a checklist you know, a checklist for ring size, a checklist for cost, a checklist for type of setting, a checklist if it's a brand. You know, what's the name? What's the style number? So that way when you call around and you find your store of choice, you'll have all these things. And uh, make sure you keep it quiet. Make sure you keep it to yourself. Be covert about this. Act begrudging when you go to the mall and find out. And, um, and I think you will have the absolutely most perfect experience and uh, make sure it's the most perfect ring for you. Make sure it's your representation. It's your gift to memorialize this special moment. So the other thing, um, so after that, you know, I, I think that, that those are good tips to work by and live by. If you've got any questions about any of the things that I've spoken about, you may email me at jchristopher at diamondanswerman.com. You may also send me messages through the Speak Pipe application there on the right-hand side of the website, and uh, it'll come right to my email. And, and the recording on that's really good. Um, I like the, uh, the quality of the recording. I've had some phone calls come in through the 803-792-1326 line, and... Um, it's uh, 803, excuse me, and it's not been as good of a quality, you know, so, so use the SpeakPipe application if you can, and uh, I will happily, happily answer those uh, questions. Anyway, so a couple of things that are going on in the world of diamonds right now um, are, is the fact that, uh, that there is a huge, huge pink diamond coming up for auction. Now, for a normal engagement ring purchase, 
of course, for us real human beings, not these superheroes out there that have $60 million to spend, right? I don't own, I'm not an oil baron and I, I don't own a major uh, uh, software firm. So I don't have $60 million to spend, but there's a 59.6 internally flawless, fancy, vivid pink diamond going to Geneva. On the 13th of November, 2013, it is the largest stone that the Gemological Institute of America has actually examined and or graded, and it is vivid pink. The other thing about it is it's a type 2A diamond, so it's extremely, extremely transparent. You know, when people talk about Golconda diamonds, you know, the the mine isn't really producing stones like it used to, but they talk about these D diamonds that come out of this mine. And uh, you type 2A diamonds just because of the way that the, uh, the, the, the diamond is made, the type of crystal that it is, it makes them a little bit more transparent. Light, uh, light doesn't, if, yeah, I'm not sure how to explain the differences there, um, but the light seems to pass through and it's a little bit more transparent than it would be in, uh, in, in other diamonds and their different types. And there's, there's, so there's subcategories for the different types of diamonds. And this one is a type 2A in pink. And uh, it's a pretty amazing stone. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and put a picture of it up on the website. And I think there's a YouTube link for it. And I, I know this stone was mined in the late or early 2000s. I think it was 99. And uh, then it was polished by Steinman's Diamonds. And it took him a couple of years to do that. And the stone was 132 uh, and a half carats. So that was a big diamond. So it, it's almost... Um, a little, a little bit less than half the original weight. I would assume that they probably received smaller diamonds out of it uh, that uh, that uh, that are probably out there in the market. I'm not sure where those may be, but this diamond is an absolutely amazing pink. So if you enjoy looking at colored diamonds, if you're a gal out there that likes colored diamonds, maybe you might be interested in, in one for an engagement ring. You know, there's there's opportunities for that. However. If you're a guy thinking about it, just be prepared. Those pink diamonds, they're, they're expecting this one to go for roughly $1 million per carat. There was most of those really, really rich pinks and purples hit high dollar values like that. It's just kind of a fun little piece of history. Being that it's so large, I mean, it's one of, one of uh, you know, I've heard it quoted, and I believe that to be true, that, that a diamond that big would be one of Earth's natural treasures. So, um, so take a look at that. There, there's a lot going on, and I think you can go to Sotheby's uh, and uh, take a look at their website. I think they have pictures of it there. It's an oval, brilliant stone, and um, it's really a true pink. I mean, at least in the images I've seen, when you watch the video, that it kind of has a little bit more of a brown or orangish color, but I think the lighting was just horrible when they did that because to really get a fancy, vivid pink color, it really, really, really has to be a true pink. Otherwise, the GIA would not have had that grade designation for it. So anyway, so that was a little piece of history that's going on right now. Another diamond was found in the uh, in the Crater of Diamonds State Park. You know, so it seems to be um, that there are diamonds being found out there. You know, we just had the, uh, the, the young gentleman, the Boy Scout, who found some out there. And uh, then there's other, other individuals who are going out there. Now, they're not finding anything of fantastic qualities, 
But if you're going on vacation somewhere, it's kind of fun to say, hey, I went out to the Crater of Diamond State Park and I, I found a rough diamond. So I've seen pictures of this uh, 2.13 carat diamond, and it doesn't necessarily look like anything that would actually polish into um, into a, a you know a nice little round stone or marquee stone, whatever whatever shape it would be, you know. So it's uh, a stone of that size because of its shape is about the size of a pencil, you know, an eraser on a pencil, and uh, but it's, it's not very good quality. However, man, I'd take it if I found it. I'd, I'd put put it right there on my on my desk. I'd probably have it sealed in like a big piece of plastic or something, just so I could look at it and not lose it and and tell people about it because it's it's just kind of fun when we can go out and do things like that. And you, of course, know you can find diamonds just about anywhere. You know, they have been found just about anywhere. So anyway, so a couple of uh, little pieces of history, you know, a big pink diamond and a little fun two-carat diamond just found in Arkansas. So if you've got any questions about our show, how I can help you, I'd be more than willing to help you. You just go ahead and email me those questions in jchristopher at diamondanswerman.com. You may phone me at 803-792-1326. You may also leave me a SpeakPipe message. I think I just like saying it like that. SpeakPipe message on my website, and that's diamondanswerman.com, and you can just click on that app on the right-hand side. You may also join the forum and uh, send messages there. It's not been a lot of activity on that forum. I, I, you know, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's not been something I've really worked on you know, as much as I like to work on the podcast. But if you have a question, you can post there, and I will happily. You be the first person, man. I'll, I'll answer that post, and uh, I'll make sure I type it all out, and I'll spell check it even, even though I like to talk. But I'll spell check my post for you, and then you can critique my writing, which is not very good. But anyway, I'll look forward to talking with you. If you've got any questions, just let me know. I'm more than happy to help you. Again, this is Jay Christopher Gertz at The Diamond Answer Man Show.